0: Hi, I'm Allison Bukowski, and this is The Customer X-Files. I'm delighted to bring my years of experience supporting, building, and leading customer marketing and advocacy initiatives to the amazing community that supported me throughout my career. I've always been committed to moving CMA programs from transactional to engaging, multi-dimensional experiences, and this podcast is no different. Each episode, I'm joined by an incredible thought leader, within the customer marketing and advocacy space. Generous enough to share insights, knowledge, and experience with all of us, the Customer X community. Brought to you by the PeerSpot Network, nothing is off limits. If it has to do with the customer experience, we want to talk about it. And just as our industry continues to evolve, so will this podcast. Several days after each session, we'll invite all of you to join in a live Q&A session with our guest. So let's get started. Hello everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Customer X-Files. I am of course Allison Bukowski, but on this episode I am joined by Valeria Gomez, who is in charge of customer marketing programs at Airtable. And throughout Valeria's career in the tech space, she's always brought this passion for customer marketing to develop advocacy and reference programs Uh, evangelist communities, and tailored marketing journeys, which I love the way that she describes that background and experience. And philosophically speaking, she focuses on cultivating and nurturing relationships with her customers, which of course is going to resonate with all of us listening today. And of course, Valeria has tons of valuable experience and insights that goes without saying, But what actually really impressed me, one time we were chatting and this, and Valeria, you had this, just this commitment to not accepting the status quo. And I loved that. I just felt it when we were talking and you don't accept that you want to find a better way to do it better and to do it within a way that is very tailored to your organization. So I'm super excited to have you on the show. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Aliton, for that kind introduction. I look forward to our conversation. i been actually looking forward to this conversation for a long time. Um, I'm very passionate about customer marketing, customer advocacy. And yeah, I think we do a little bit different than other companies. And I think right now that... The whole world is a little bit still upside down. It is important to be relevant. It's important to be intentional uh, with the activities that we do with our customers.
0: Yes, and and we're going to touch on that too. Um, I'm glad that you brought that up. And I think the topic today, you know, some people might be wondering, like grassroots style. You know, what does that what does that mean? So we'll dig into that in a second because I do think it will resonate. Um, on the last episode. We talked about um, tools and technology and trying to kind of do more with less because that's where a lot of us are right now. So this grassroots approach is a really good topic to dig into. But as I because I told you, uh, everyone who comes on the show, I'm the big I'm a big believer in people before professionals. So it's nice to get to know the guests as people so here's an icebreaker I have an icebreaker question for you uh, which I just realized ice no pun intended for this question because in Minnesota uh, where I'm located it's the doldrums of winter and I can't wait for spring so I'm thinking about vacations this is the time when I start thinking about sunshine so I'm curious Valeria what's your favorite vacation spot and why
1: well, um, maybe let me give you a little bit of background about myself. So I'm originally originally from Colombia in South America and I've been living in the United States uh, for almost 13 years. Uh, so I have to say that my favorite vacation spot, it is home. I love going home, uh, visiting my family, visiting my friends, visiting cities and places that I had not visited before. Um, And I have not been home uh, for the past three years since the pandemic so I'm really looking forward to going home uh, visiting my city visiting other places and I have to say the city that I am from is called Medellin and Medellin is the city of the eternal spring so it is always a spring all year round so I'm looking forward to the nice weather and the beautiful flowers and so that's my favorite spot. I love that I would
0: I, I would desperate to see flowers and even green would be wonderful right now and also i just love that it's home like it literally is home um and that's your favorite spot to go are you do you have anything planned is there something on the horizon
1: and hopefully at the end of the year i I like to spend the holidays at home is just the energy just the way we celebrate people everybody comes together for the whole month of December, it's like a forever party um, and that's beautiful. Um, I live here alone with my with my family. We are very small, uh, but uh, so going home really brings amazing memories. I get to pass that piece of me to our children, a little bit of our culture that I want them to have, uh, especially when we are so far away. Um, so yeah, hopefully December we make it happen. I think it's one of the most beautiful a time to go is christmas and everybody's available everybody's off working so they have the time to get to to see you um and it's a time also that i feel like okay now i can relax i can take yes. time off without feeling guilty <laughs> um yes. so yeah december holiday. well okay well
0: make it make it happen like block your calendar right now i'm a big believer that if you block the calendar and you act as if it's happening, it will happen. So I'm it will happen and it will be wonderful. Um, and the holidays are my favorite time as well. And there's no better time really to be with, with your family um than the holidays. So I I can't uh can't top that. I don't have a, a better answer for that. Um, but <laughs> I always answer, I always answer my own question because it's only fair. Um of course. but I, you know, it's funny because as much as I, I I love traveling, I love it. Um, and we're hoping to actually, by the time this episode airs, I'll have come back from Israel where I'm going to visit my pure spot family and oh, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to. And we're hoping to actually travel again for the holidays, but uh, to Ireland, I have family oh, yeah. um, over there, but my favorite is actually wherever there's a road trip with my husband and I'm not trying to be hokey or or anything like that but we just I don't know that when we do that it's the way we connect or reconnect so if it's even just like a long weekend I I love that road trips are just so much fun they're not exotic but you never know what you're going to see you can stop wherever you want there's snacks involved which is always a perk so I don't know. I guess that that'll that's probably my favorite. Maybe not my most memorable, but my favorite.
1: I love road trips too. Just the sense of connection you can have with your loved ones during that time. Those little mini adventures and you know, yes. sometimes you just need to look around. There's so many beautiful things just around you. You just need to look around and find them.
0: That is, that is so true. And, and I'll, I'm i going to grab that and use it as a transition. You talked about going home. We've talked about, you know, looking at our, our homes where we are in the present and looking around. I think that kind of translates to this sort of grassroots kind of topic in in a certain way, because as you and I were chatting before I even pushed the record button, the last couple of years have just been crazy. And you mentioned that it still feels sort of upside down. Like you said, you haven't been to to visit your family. We had the pandemic. We're an economic roller coaster. So we've all felt it personally. And a lot of us have felt that whiplash professionally as well. And that has resulted in customer advocacy changing or the outlook anyway, changing, whether it's, you know, we don't have the tools, we don't have the resources, um, the budget's have been cut. A lot of us um, or our peers, we've been impacted by layoffs and reduced headcount. So it, it's hard to not get down and kind of wonder how do we, is this the end of focusing on advocacy or how do we handle this? But you, because like I said, <laughs> you're not accepting the status quo, we just get creative. And we look to that more grassroots approach, um, which can still deliver a maximized program, a great experience for customers. So let's start the stage by, I, I just wanna hear about you and your journey and how you started and have progressed within customer advocacy.
1: Absolutely. So I started in customer marketing back, I believe 2015. And I was just finding a kind of summer internship and, you know, I didn't know anything about customer marketing, but I was kind of ready. I was, I wanted to be in marketing. I knew that. And, And then I was kind of reading the description of one of those internships. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. Okay. So I applied. I didn't know that customer marketing actually was a thing until I started that internship. And I have to say, I fell in love with it right away. Just having the opportunity to work with customers and tell their stories is something that I never heard of, right? Um, and then slowly I started learning about different ways that people do customer marketing. And then I change jobs and different kind of um, companies and different industries. And something that I have noticed and something that i learned throughout this kind of process is that every company, every industry describes and defines customer marketing differently. So customer marketing is not just kind of fit all sort of thing for everybody. <laughs> so you have to find what customer marketing is for you and for your team and for your company. Um, so that's the beauty of it, right? You have your customers, now you can decide how you are going to tell that story of your customers based on a definition that makes sense to you and your company. Um, and then obviously, again, like customer, we talk about customer marketing, but I really do believe about customer advocacy, right? You just be kind of the those rolling fans for your customers. And at the end, they are your rolling fans. Um, and we are in a really privileged position that we get to nurture those relationships with customers, right? We don't have that pressure that we have to sell something to our customers, right? We need, We don't need to sell them uh, our products or our services. We are there really to get to know them, to uh, build those relationships, to know how we can be uh, an additional resource to them and see how we can partner with them and connect them with the opportunities that add value to the experience with your product, your company. I
0: I love that in one of my previous roles, sales and and sometimes customer success and they would, it was all in good fun. but Like you get all the, you know, you have a fun job and Mm -hmm. I I couldn't disagree because it is, it is a fun job. It's a ton of work, but it is, it is fun and it's very unique. And I think a lot of us would say, would say the same. Um, So grassroots, um, I think it was a, a term like when we talked that you had tossed out and I grabbed it We kind of think about it usually more in like a political sort of way, but what about advocacy? And so what did you mean when when you said that and what does that mean to you professionally?
1: Uh, So every time that I have started or even revamping a customer advocacy program, I get the opportunity to start small. And I think you have to be very intentional with the things that you want to do, the way that you approach your customers, the way that you communicate your cost, to your customers. You don't have to start really big. Actually, there is a benefit to starting very small because along the way, you can make your customers partners in the process. You can listen to them where you can bounce ideas. You are not afraid that you have these big program launched and then somehow it did not work out or it was too late to incorporate customer feedback or all the things that you were planning didn't work out because of many reasons. But I, I remember back in the day and when I was working in my previous company, I was launching our uh, advocacy program just in doing our uh, conference and um, user conference in March 2020 and the pandemic hit so we had to cancel the user conference so the user conference didn't happen we could not launch that program at the event in person as we had planned so that moment we had, i had to really think we have all this amazing work i really need to make this work somehow and you have to really think on your feet You're like okay i didn't i cannot have it as big as i wanted to to be but i still have everything ready to kind of start working with a subset of my customers so that's what i did i start working on my list of customers and I start working with them so i think that moment really taught me like you can start small and that's the advantage of it this kind of grassroots style makes you be very intentional with those connections um and along the way you learn so much because you can as i say you can make your customers partner in the process they can give you feedback, and then it makes them feel very special that you're actually taking this approach. And then you can take this later on, hopefully as big as you want it to be, just because now you were able to provide feedback, not just in the process of planning and creating, but also in the process of like kind of leaving the program, right? If you have like all these activations for you, for your customers, where are the feedback, or Did they like yeah. that? Do you think you can do something else? Uh, but when you do it like a big scale, it's really difficult to kind of manage all of that feedback if you get any at all. So from that, I think that the pandemic taught me that. It's like, okay, I was not planning for it. I was pretty put in the situation, but I had to make the most out of it. And then now fast forward, like almost three years now that I'm here in this new work, this new job, this new industry. I wanted to take the same approach because I saw a great benefit to, to it. Just being intentional with your customers. Be generous with your time. Being kind. And I think at the end of the day, customer advocacy is that. just really like an act of generosity towards the customer.
0: What is the the expression? Um, invention is born from necessity.
1: <laughs> I think that's how it goes. Um, what well, it was a necessity. It's like, you need to survive here. <laughs> My program is not going to die, for sure. Yes. It's a lot of work. Um, and then... You just need to be creative. That's the great things about the grassroots side. You can get, you can be creative. You can be scrappy. You you don't need like a lot of things to make something happen. You just need to again have intention and have the will to do it.
0: Yes, I, I love that, and I think it's it's important to to call out because I jotted those down. It it what does it mean? It's it's intentional. It's flexible. It's scrappy. It's creative. Uh, it's all of these things that. I think a lot of us is why we got into it or maybe why we got into marketing. But as this industry or this field has grown, uh, the, the good news is the community has grown. It's just exploded, which is wonderful that there's all these different roles within customer marketing and advocacy. But it also means that there's a lot of different programs of different sizes, scopes. Um, you You mentioned it, right, Valeria, that it's not... Mm-hmm one size fits all, you have to understand That's your right. business and, and the goals. But to perhaps our, our detriment, I think sometimes we get a little, um, I don't know, if down, because there are bigger programs, right? And there's these programs that are doing all of these um, splashy things and these events and with huge budgets, but there are still a whole lot of us that are just getting started, or we're coming to a new company, and advocacy is going to be new. So, uh, taking this grassroots style and knowing that that is okay, and in fact preferred, to start small, start that way, learn, and then grow, and take the feedback. Um, so, just definitely worth a reminder that if you are if you are small, starting small. You're in exactly the same place that a whole bunch of other programs were at at a different point in
1: time. Exactly. And I think I have learned something that back in my past life, uh, customer marketing actually was part of product marketing. So I had to learn a lot of the way that they were doing things. So if you really put like this kind of analogy, if you have a product, right, your program, you don't launch it right away you do first like a beta testing, right? You have like this beta program with a subset of customers, you kind of gather all the feedback, you make all the adjustments that you have, and then you have a full launch of your program, right? Hopefully. So if you take that a kind of approach that people, companies do for products, you can do the same thing with your program, right? I mean, I, I'd rather take a little bit longer than just have something that it didn't work. So sometimes we have to slow down to go faster at the end of the day. And just take the benefit of your customer. I think I said that every company has a different definition of customer marketing, customer advocacy, but what we have all in common is customers. We do the work for our customers. So, having that yeah. in mind, just whatever customer program that you are launching, or any kind of advocacy effort you have, just have that highly focused on bringing cost, customer empathy. And then, when you have the customer at the heart of it ball for sure is going to work and is more like quantity versus quality at the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I can just I can hear the excitement. Um, and you mentioned the the empathy, and it is that is is that what excites you the most about kind of the grass? Is it the excitement around it is it the fact that you get to be creative and flexible like what if you narrowed it down what gets you so excited about that start from scratch
1: having the opportunity to work with humans right if we start with our own experiences we are humans we know how we like to be treated we use products we buy products we buy services and we know, you know, we have our favorites. Why are they favorite? Why is the customer service of this company better than the other? Why am I a repeated customer of this company? Right. So when you start thinking a little bit more like what makes a good experience for yourself? you can start kind of translating that. So for me, it's like, I love to be kind of this kind of human bridge. If you if so, want to call it somewhere, like I get to work with these people and I get to know them in a personal level as much as they allow me to, right? So I'm mean, in this really privileged situation that I can just spend my time just talking to them. And, and that's okay. That's why I'm doing this, this work. And sometimes when you're in another part of the company, you don't have that privilege, right? Uh, so yeah. that's what excites me. just kind of saying, we are humans. So, how do you want it to be treated? right? So it started with that. Um, when you know, I don't know if you have any experience with what a product or something that you use, but you say, I really love the customer experience of these. So you want to kind of replicate it. You know? and sometimes the product doesn't work. Sometimes, ah, oh, this doesn't really didn't really work that well, but then the customer experience, the person behind that made it right to you. And then you go back to them, right? Yeah,
0: no, that's very true. And we can all apply. I mean, honestly, I'll admit the bar isn't as high as it used to be, which I think is sad from like a, you know, B2C kind of experience. Mm -hmm. But I still, I'm just so excited when somebody answers, a person answers the phone or a person responds to to an email. And that feeling always, you know, says to me, like, that's the human piece, what you're describing, right? I'm excited that a real person is talking to me, um, who's capable of understanding where I'm coming from. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. That's, that's it. I guess it does, I don't know. Maybe I'm easy to impress. It doesn't take much. Just put, put a, another person, <laughs> a warm body on the other end of the line, but, I think it, it's more just about,
1: we want to connect, right? Exactly. Um, and- but even though, maybe I add a little bit to it, right? Even though is there, you cannot be you know, a human, like a person at the end of, the, of that, you're kind of talking. At the end of the day, it comes down to it, the intention, right? So I know we get a lot of like automated emails right, from like the companies that we use. And mm-hmm. some of them, they take the time to say, happy birthday to me randomly right just they took the time to take that data point and remember it even if they are using a system right but they re- they had the intention to remember that right Yeah. Oh, they also had the intention to remember that I don't want to receive your communications right this is how I want to communicate with you so yeah the human aspect I think is great at scale sometimes it's very difficult right? Especially in this virtual world that everybody is remote. Sometimes we need to be kind of scrappy. We need to automate, enable to to scale, to focus on things that actually add value. For example, those conversations, right? Uh, But what is the intention? What do you want all this data about your customers? What do you want your customers to communicate with you? What are you you going to do with that?
0: Yes. I leave you with that
1: question. No,
0: (laughs) no, I, I, I think that's a great question. And I think it's actually a good kind of, challenge question to the audience and then maybe when we do our peer perspectives um which if if you're a new listener that's the follow-up that will happen to this episode where you get to attend and ask live questions but what is the intention behind what you're doing and you know honestly for my money it doesn't get much better than when like chewy.com sends a birthday card to my dog so again little little things that can go a long way um and and speaking of little things right or that it doesn't have to be a grand gesture um that's what i tend to think about right i think that there's that scrappiness to it a willingness to dive in and you're not doing it with all the fancy tools and processes and things like that so i thought maybe we could step through a couple of areas um that are you know fairly common, right, for us within advocacy, but especially now, where we are trying to do more with less resources. Um, and let me know how you've been able to, you know, manage that and wrap your arms around okay. it. And let's start with resources, and by that I mean people resources. So how can you adjust when? Maybe you had a team, a small team, and now you're just one. Or you're not gonna be able to build out a team. How do you apply that grassroots approach?
1: Oh, I think every a lot of probably you know, the people that are gonna to listen to these are gonna feel very <laughs> the same boat, right? And we have seen like people are are being affected by layoffs and yeah. we had a vision that our teams were going to grow, they are now maybe growing, they're since sales, they maybe just got smaller. So again, it starts with what are your goals, right? We were doing 10 things. Maybe we need to focus and maybe do only one and doing it really, really good. Um, I like to, to do that by really looking at our uh, company priorities. Right, we we have that you know we work we're marketing. We have to also support our our business. So what are those priorities? And just have those one, two, max three initiatives that you can accomplish with only if you are only one person, two people. Um, if you have probably the the privilege, can you delegate? How you can just take what other teams are doing and. You know, if somebody can help you with that or repurposing things that they're already done. Um, things that come to mind for me is that, for example, creative resources, right? Sometimes we want things to look beautiful. We whatever we want our newsletter to, to look great, branded. We want our program to have probably a beautiful logo, maybe a beautiful landing page, a, a beautiful signature. I don't know, can we just use what it, we already have? And sometimes we don't have to, you know, be all loud and maybe start small. I mean, if you want to do it that way. So I know creative services is one of the things that uh, a lot of people are going to struggle with that because, you know, constraints that people cannot just outsource the work anymore. Um, If you're creating like customer stories, customer videos, I mean, maybe you cannot have like a three-day production anymore on site. What would be the version of it? At the end, yeah. the customer is the hero. It doesn't matter how beautiful the video at the end, if the, video, the the video is. At the end of the day, is the message that your customer is going to convey with that. Uh, so kind of remember that. I know we want everything to look beautiful, branded, uh, but sometimes we can do a lot of specific things. And the good thing about it is, it looks sometimes like very personalized, right? When you just send a uh, an email out of your inbox without a template or without a software you took the time, I wrote you, uh, versus it's just a template sending out, right? Or I just send it through outreach or whatever other platform you use. So, mm-hmm. um, so think about that, how you can leverage whatever you have, we have already available, how you can delegate when possible, right? Uh, if not, just think a little bit small. Think of the things, uh, two, one, two, three things max that you can do during the year that are going to support those company. Um, yeah objectives. the
0: quality right the quality over quantity um, exactly point of view where you realize and it's okay to to, to raise your hand and say and you have to um, so that you're setting yourself up for success not failure uh, I can't do six I can do three things I can't do three um, and I can do it the, really well <laughs> yes and I will knock it out of the park and then the same thing I, I love that you were saying don't you know, again, it's kind of the don't let perfection get in the way of progress. So yeah, it might not be exactly what you first envisioned, but you can't become paralyzed by that, you know, that fear of, oh, this isn't what I, and I say that (laughs) pointing a finger at myself because I am a recovering perfectionist and you just you learn right you learn to be a little bit more more flexible um so that okay so we talked about a few a few different things even kind of bouncing into some of the the tools and and technology uh but what about so you don't we talked about you don't have the team so those are things you can do what about just budget that let's just talk about the other big one no money
1: no money that's uh, Hopefully, at least a little bit of money, right? <laughs> um. Well, how you're gonna? Why does your budget do right? I don't know. Like for example, for us, uh, we can say we have budget for live videos, and we have budget for customer gifts, and we have, um, we have budget for customer activations at events, and why not? So how you can take that a little bit kind of back it doesn't have to be like the full production, but for example, for me, if let's talk about customer gifts for example or customer swag maybe you don't have to send a piece of swag every time a customer does something just maybe have something once a year that is meaningful for them in a meaningful day, either their birthday or the work anniversary or, or a holiday gift something that you know that is still you want to give to the customer like customer like surprise and delight everybody likes that right yeah um, but we don't have to go all out you can uh, do this accomplish something and uh, maybe kind of scale back a little bit Um, maybe you don't have to send the 200 dollars gift uh, to your uh, c-level uh, customers maybe just have something a little bit less or maybe they make that connection with another c-level executive that they wanted to you know, right like the the gift of connection so they have to be everything like physical or quantitative um the gift of time too right sometimes just being willing to give your time and listening to them um so i think budget is going to be one and i'm trying to be very creative with that i was actually thinking about it that like this way is like i know customer gift for me like surprise and delight is actually a value uh, for uh, our company right we want to surprise and delight our customers we want to surprise and delight our internal employees but we need to be a little bit creative we can't just do the things that we used to do we need to be a little bit more creative uh, but just find out good ways to do it i saw something this week actually on thing that somebody got um a bag of popcorn that there i think the employee sent it to them and that was beautiful it was not expected and I, it was like a milestone and they got the popcorn and that's beautiful i mean i rather that they send something to me that they know i like even if it's like a cup of coffee rather than a bunch of swag and other things that sometimes maybe i don't know yeah. right I, um i couldn't agree yes.
0: more and a shout out i think that was amanda peacock uh if oh you're, my god if you're okay. listening um yeah. I, I believe that's what it was and that that's it right there, right? That surprise and delight um okay. kind of thing that it, it's, and it's also the timing of it, right? That it's not expected. I mean, we all kind of, oh, it's my birthday. Okay, great. Um, But if it comes out of nowhere, and I think the other piece of it is if it's it, the thought behind it, the right? Um, yeah, I, I still, to this day, have a notebook. Yes, a notebook, like an actual notebook. Um, I keep oh. notes about um, customers. And if we're having an interesting conversation and they mention something, I, I had one customer um, so several years ago, but she had a little cockapoo dog who she adored. Oh. And I... I sent a dress for the dog, like how silly, right? Um, but I, I sent it to her, it was not terribly expensive. Uh, the picture of that dog, I first I got it texted to me, then I saw it show up on LinkedIn and it was just, it meant so much, right? Those are those like magic moments. Um, and I agree, I couldn't agree with you more um, on that approach. What about budget for some of the things like, uh, well, you kind of talked about videos, agree with Mm -hmm. you there too. Uh, We talked sort of about Sway. What about, um, you know, and I'll skip events because I think a lot of us sort of got used to being creative with virtual type stuff. Uh, What about tools and technology, Um, both from a budget perspective and then also just what if you just don't have them?
1: Yeah, that's a tough one because we have seen uh, customers are being very uh, conservative with uh, like buying new technology, new software. I think people want to scale back there and then we feel the same way here. Uh, so I have to say, we don't have external tools. Um, we use our own product uh, to track our work, mm-hmm. uh, to scale it. So my recommendation there is use whatever you already have. Uh, If you cannot spend the money on software or just technology tools, just use whatever you have, make it work. Uh, Even if it's crappy, even if it's not the best at the moment, right? Um, Especially software is very expensive. Uh, And we think sometimes people think that customer advocacy equals software. No, customer advocacy is a mindset. Customer advocacy is a strategy. You don't need a software to do that for you um so i know so people are going to disagree with me yeah it's good to have that to keep you organized to scale your efforts. but when you have to scale back when you have to be very targeted with your initiatives when you need to really target a subset of customers you don't need that you rather use that money for something else right um how you're going to activate and how you're going to board them how you can provide that again surprise and delight uh, mm-hmm. and then when everything is right when we have to make choices something has to give um, so that's my yes. take on that um, we are being very scrappy using whatever we already have because we know we cannot at this moment it's not the right decision at this point in time uh, mm-hmm. it's in the long term when you know when when we are in a better state uh, we know what is happening when we have a bigger pool of customers too right because our especially our customer advocacy program is right? it, is in the earliest days. We are taking this kind of self approach uh, very uh, high touch, very targeted. So I don't need to have a software to do that for me. Actually, I want actually to do it manually because I want to get to know our customers, right. Um, so that's my take on that. Um, just use whatever you have for the moment. Um, if you have to really make a choice, just what is the business case, right? Have you seen really? Uh, any roi on that purchase because it's gonna come down to it we have seen it and it's like people don't want to buy before cutting licenses where they don't they are not using it um maybe a scale back in, in licenses right if you if your whole team i don't know your whole organization 50 people were using it maybe just have like scale back to five ten to save money there too. Uh, so kind of start looking at those uh, at those numbers I mean who are the active users and if they they don't have uh, active users, start mm-hmm. uh, removing access to that. So I, I you know that's my approach. I, we don't have anything right now. We don't use like external software just for from what we have right now. So it is working for me. If I had to make the choice because I have been in that position before, um, I had to let go of software for many reasons because I'd rather put that money into just giving something back to our customers.
0: Okay. And, and do you find that, and we, we kind of touched on the like customers and it's okay to start small and, you know, have a smaller customer base when you, when you launch, what about, I'm going to combine two of two of the last two here. Um, Sounds good. Everything is about, ROI and metrics Mm -hmm. and and showing that. And that can be difficult um, when you don't have the tools and technology, but you can pivot and you can do some of that manually. It, It may be a bit more challenging. So metrics, but then also it can be difficult too without like internal champions, right? Without having partners that are, are working with you, especially right now, if organizations have been impacted by, um, reductions in, in staffing and everyone is, has too many things on their plate, how, how have you navigated that and just gotten creative with ensuring that you, one, have the right people that are supporting you and building those relationships and two, then being able to report on the success?
1: yeah so it, it comes down to first where is your strategy right i i have this kind of principle that i do every time that i kind of create a program or embark on a, you know on a project is listen really hard right we have a lot of the answers internally already do a tour around talk to your sales organization listen to them this is What are you doing? What are your goals for the year? Because yeah, we have our, we know our company level uh, goals and initiatives, but also each individual team, they also have their own. So start listening to them. What are your uh, priorities this year or for this or half of the year or this quarter? Now, how can my team help you? And then you can say, these are the resources that I have for you. Uh, And then when you repeat that, when you listen to each, of the teams you're gonna start identifying some of the like internal key stakeholders that could be like internal champions like you can stop tapping a little bit more on them okay i need really a customer for this how can we make this happen i really want to work with you so we can show that you know the business value of what we are doing so i have done this before we started with a customer and i reached out to the account team and I was like i really would like to tell the story of this customer let's start small and then we documented the before the before story and then after we engaged with the customer i was able to come back and say, okay let's kind of so let's kind of draw like where were the benefits to you at the account for you the account team from that interaction that our team had with your customer right so when we first started the conversation, I already put those questions to the account team. Let's start thinking mm-hmm. about it. Let's, start, let, let's look at the state of this particular relationship with the individual, and also the relationship at the account level. And then when these, all these interactions, they were, they were able to tell me, I was able to connect with other people internally from that particular company. I was able to discover things that I didn't know. I was able to actually know this person So just kind of identify, identify a few people and say, let's work together, let's make this happen. And some of them, you're going to really recognize them when you're in the room because they're so excited or they're very vocal. So listen to those cues and then you can just kind of make them part of the process the same way as we do with the customer customer programs, right? We are going to listen to our customers. We are going to kind of make them part of the process. Also do the same thing with your internal stakeholders. Let make them part of the process and they're going to say okay i feel heard i was able to uh, provide feedback this person listened to me because they know my priorities they know my goals so now we are partners we are partnering on this together Uh, so try to find one per organization you know i always like to say i have a few in sales you know sales have different kind of uh, levels to kind of look at those a success for me i have always have really good um, success actually with the success yeah. organization because they get it right they are full sell they understand the importance of working with customers and building those relationships um I, I think yes and i think i was jotting down
0: notes here as you were you were talking and i love drawing that parallel between handle the internal champions similar to how you're handling the customers um, get them involved, start small. And the thing that you said that I love, which is so true, find your hand raisers. That's what I call them. Um, those raisers. that, yeah. yeah, the hand raisers that are clearly interested, intrigued by what you're doing. And when you're building a new program, or if a program is new to your organization, you'll find them. And there's not there might not be a lot of them. Um, They're kind of the pioneers that will work with you. And then you get the domino effect, right? Then it's like, oh, well, that was helpful. And look, you said, oh, I have three new contacts now within this organization. That's an expansion opportunity, right? Um, When you can talk to to others, and then you can start showcasing some of those, those results. So that's that's great advice. And like using those similar approaches. Um, I have have one more question. So speaking of of advice, what I I always ask everybody, and this doesn't have, this can be anything um, related to customer marketing and advocacy. What's your piece of advice for those listening? And I think there's this episode, there'll be a lot of people who are starting out and doing something from scratch what would you offer
1: i think i have said this before uh, just be your customers biggest advocate right as i say we have we are in this really privileged situation that we can get to know them build those relationships and you're going to hear a lot of requests a lot of different things from different te- teams because they want The customers right they want to engage with them so at that point you have to be your customer biggest advocate you're going to have in information about your customers that other parts of the organization are not going to know especially kind of marketing if other uh, part of marketing comes and they say i want to tell the story of this customer it is your job to say okay we already engaged with this customer oh this customer is not available right now or this customer prefers to engage in a different way so be the voice of your customers, uh, protect them, protect their time, their preferences. Uh, when you do that, you can really start building and those build relationships and just kind of remind them that the efforts that you are uh, navigating really complement the work that other teams are doing. So it is for the kind of the greater good of things um, and having a, a vision, right? If you go through planning, have a vision for a customer, right? We have again these company priorities. Everybody wants, you know, maybe you can relate. The same customers all over again, just because they have this amazing brand or because they have this great product adoption. So have this vision. It's like, okay. We want to tell the story of our customer. They have a plan for the customer for the for the months to come. Let's not have those disjointed. ass. let's not overtax our customers. And I always like to ask our customer, how do you want to engage with us? right uh, just say the preferences sometimes you know they are going to tell you more than you will assume ask the right questions ask the tough mm-hmm. questions uh,
0: so simple but i love that and we can <laughs>
1: we can end on
0: that ask ask yeah. them ask the customers what they're interested in um like you said you'd be amazed they're willing to share um and take advantage of that, of that knowledge and the fact that they're sharing that with you. And I'll take it one step further. Um, and then if you can show them how you acted on it, on what they shared and what they said they wanted, then it's a slam dunk. So I, this was, this is actually a really fun conversation and actually, um, really energizing for me, Valeria. So thank you for sharing because it, kind of reminded me, um even though I said, I think there'll be a lot of new listeners and those that are in this position of, here we go. I am doing advocacy and now the world's a little different and I'm doing it from scratch, but there are also those of us who have have done this, you know, and like you a few times. So to be reminded of how that felt, that feeling of just doing it from scratch, it's I don't know. I kind of get a little warm fuzzy here. So thank you so much for sharing your time and your expertise. It was really enjoyable
1: conversation. Thank you so much, Alison. I really, really enjoy our conversation. I can tell that both of us are really, really passionate about customer advocacy and that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you today. So thank you again.
0: Oh, of course. And, um, is it for those that are listening if perhaps they have two things one if they have a question or if they wanted to reach out to you one would that be okay and then what's the best way to get in touch with you
1: yes absolutely i'm pretty active uh, on linkedin you can just send me a, a message uh, connect with me uh, valeria gomez on linkedin um, and i'm pretty active there so you can right. find me and happy to connect i love connections right not just at work but also i love to meet other peers and learn from each other. I mean, it, this is a growing field and I can tell everybody so willing, so willing to share. So, yes. you know, pay it forward. Yeah. I'm so willing to share.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And of course, as I mentioned before, for those listening, you will have an opportunity if you if you sat here and you thought, okay, that's great, Valeria, but how do I XYZ? Or how do I, you know, finish you know, getting from point A to point B. The peer perspectives session will be scheduled after the podcast is released, so you'll be getting information on that. Watch LinkedIn, uh, myself or Valeria. You'll see information on the date for that, and you can come with your with your questions. And until then, thank you, everybody. Um, I do not take for granted that you sit and listen to these episodes and share these stories and listen to these industry experts. It's really a thrill to be able to bring them to you. Until next time, take care. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Customer X-Files. Don't forget to follow me, Allison Bukowski on LinkedIn, where you'll find information about our peer perspective session, your chance to join the conversation live on each episode's topic, ask questions and network with your peers. Customer X-Files is brought to you by PeerSpot. In a market full of hype, PeerSpot's buy-in intelligence platform is where tech pros go to get practical, reliable information on enterprise technology. You work too hard to build strong customer relationships. It's time to leverage those relationships in a way that maximizes value for your organization and minimizes customer effort. PeerSpot's approach to customer-driven content empowers customer marketers and advocacy professionals that strive to achieve the gold standard within their industry. For more information, check out marketing.purespot.com. And to keep getting this show in your podcast feed every time a new episode drops, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.